Would you like to be able to start conversations like a pro? Take The Sunday World, your daily dose of what's going on. Do not consume The Sunday World if you're involved in a drug cartel, you're a politician with something to hide, or you've appeared on a reality TV show and care about others' opinions. Consume The Sunday World responsibly. Always read the stories, gossip, and commentary. Wow, buddy! You look healthy and happy. Veterinary surgeon and natural pet food pioneer John Burns knows the positive impact a natural diet has on our beloved pets. That's why he developed Burns Pet Nutrition. Hmm. Maybe I should try some of your pet food myself. Okay, okay. I'll start with a salad. For natural, no nasty, wholesome recipes, choose Burns Pet Nutrition. Available from veterinary clinics and all good pet shops across Ireland. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. There wasn't a sectarian bone in his body, but he was a tough guy. He very quickly became an importer. He saw the money in it, and he was clever. So he quickly went up the ladder from a dancehall bouncer dealing in small-time deals to, to much a much bigger thing. The town of Balamina changed directly as a result of his uh, input into the drugs war. I'm Nicola Talent. And you're listening to Crime World, a podcast about criminals, drugs and the sins of the underworld in Ireland and across the globe. He was the notorious drug dealer who introduced heroin to his hometown of Ballymena in County Antrim. And after a lifetime of staying one step ahead of the law, 61-year-old Noel Johnson made a final and fatal mistake when he mistook PSNI officers for a hit squad he believed had come to kill him, plunging 50 feet to his death from a block of flats. Today, I'm joined by journalist Hugh Jordan to discuss the life and the extraordinary end of a notorious drug baron who made headlines right to the bitter end. This is Crime World Extra, a podcast from Sunday World. Start me off on the coast of Donegal. Noel Johnson, Noel Simon Johnson, to give him his full name, uh, when he was uh, 31 years of age, came to public attention because he was found, by, well, along with his friends, uh, lying on rocks outside Malinhead in County Donegal uh, on a wild and windy day. Uh, and the, the Garda assumed wrongly that he'd stumbled across an IRA training camp because these guys were all wearing uh, camouflage fatigues, uh, hats, uh, mufflers around their necks. But the Garda noticed that whilst there was ropes and other accessories for kind of out, outdoor activities. There were no guns, but he still was convinced it was an IRA operation. So he went along with their story that they had been out 
on a, a pleasure craft on a, a rib boat, a blow up inflatable, uh, and but he also uh, contacted for reinforcements uh, in, in Letter Kenny, and they duly arrived. And once they arrived, Noel Simon Johnson and his friends, of which he became spokesman, uh, were arrested, and uh, they were taken to Letter Kenny Garda Station and questioned. But they insisted on the story that they were simply out on the Atlantic for pleasure, although the, the day was wild, you know, so they knew it was lies, but they had to be released. Uh, at the same time, a few hours later, a, a, a pleasure craft, a bigger, a big a cruiser, really, a small uh, cabin cruiser, uh, limped its way around the Irish coast and put into Kilrush in County Clare. And uh, but it had been tracked round by the the coast guard, and uh, the Garda and uh, customs and excise officers from the Republic of Ireland boarded the craft and found on board seventeen million pounds worth of cannabis, which was duly seized. Now it was traced to uh, a man called Colin Lees, a millionaire northern businessman who was since. Uh, convicted of two major cases, one in Belfast and one in Liverpool. And it was found that whilst he was in court in Belfast, he was also uh, planning another big drugs haul in Liverpool. He was convicted on both and sent to jail for a very long time. But his right-hand man was Noel Simon Johnson. So this is when he comes on your radar, Hugh, for the first time. This is when he came on the radar. So he came from Balamina. So who was he? He was mm. at that time 31 years of age. He was born in Harryville, a sort of hamlet of, of uh, staunchly Protestant Balamina. Uh, and he was raised in a Wilson Crescent, a mixed area. In, in Balamina at that time, there were no, unlike Belfast, there were no Catholic and Protestant areas. So uh, for all his upbringing, he, he wasn't, there wasn't a sectarian bone in his body, but he was a tough guy. He was strongly built, and he was a boxer. And Hugh, just for those people who don't know Balamina, I actually do know it very well, and I know Harryville and a lot of places we'll talk about. I have friends there. But it's north of Belfast, about half an hour on out the road, and uh, a big, prosperous town, and where there was a lot of employment. It would have been a wealthy town, is that right? There was the Michelin factory and... The main, uh, Nicola, it was the main... And a market town in in County Antrim, which is uh, you know one of the second biggest county in the north, and uh, a prosperous farming town. Uh, but he he didn't come from a rich background. His father Jackie was an unemployed labourer, and uh, his mum uh, his mum was Annie, and he had uh, he had brothers and sisters, but they were a very respectable family. And as I say, both him and his brother, Sean, boxed with uh, the All Saints Boxing Club, which included, although he was older than him, uh, the, the Hollywood actor Liam Neeson. So, uh, so in a normal world, he was somebody who probably should have finished his education and gone in to some sort of employment, probably locally, where there was plenty of it. Um, but instead, somehow he seems to have found a way into 
the drugs market at a time when you know it, it wasn't as it wasn't as sort of easy as an employment as it is nowadays. No, it wasn't, Nicola. But but Noel Johnson was a, a joiner by trade, and he was employed by the housing executive, and uh, it, so there would have been plenty of work for him. But he was also extremely well built. And this is a tried and tested road uh, for the drugs world because he got a job as a bouncer on on doing pubs and dance halls and doors. And from there, that was his route uh, to to, uh, the drugs business. But from day one, Nicola, he, he very quickly became an importer. He saw the money in it and he was clever. So he knew it was, the, the more you could turn over, the, 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 the more money you would make. So he quickly went up the ladder from a bouncer, a dance hall bouncer, dealing in small-time deals to, to much, a much bigger thing. And the, 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 consequently, the town of Balamina changed as a result, directly as a result of his uh, input into the drugs world. And you've told me before you can trace the first... Um, deal of heroin within Balamina. So he introduced heroin to the town. He introduced heroin th- th- through his uh, Chinese contacts. He's, he, 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 they, they approached him and, uh, and he quickly realised this was a drug that was instantly, um, it, it, you, you would form a habit very quickly and he, he brought it in and he had a number of uh, dealers working for him, uh, both dead now, I'll name two of them. Uh, one was called Tam Toad Ward and uh, an- another one called Rab Rainey. And and they lived on the Dury Road estate, which was a, a mixed and very respectable working class estate in Balamina. But the introduction of heroin very quickly decimated the area. And uh, so shortly after Donegal, uh, I decided to look into it a bit more. And we went to Balamina and I got uh, a working on my behalf uh, to, to, to go into a, 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 a fastened flat. There was a steel door on it. And she bought heroin from Tam Toad Ward. And that was us proving that heroin was in, and that was as early as 92. 1992. And all the same, that's 10 years on from when, I suppose, heroin, the grip had had taken hold down in the south. Yes, but it, well, it, it, it was much later in, in the north. You know, there was uh, the, the troubles uh, delayed everything, you know. So, uh, but he, he was, that was the first kind of, uh, and, and then quickly we had uh, uh, people who were heroin users jump in the train to come to Balamina uh, to, to, and getting and get the train back home. So it, it was a major problem for uh, police and, and, and customs officers. They were, they were looking at uh, Johnson from early on. So he presumably, like most drug dealers, becomes, uh, you know, from a wealth point of view, fatter as the heroin takes hold and there's a lot of money in it. It's the certainly the 24-hour drug, if ever there was. Is he showing outward signs of wealth? Does he live in a, does he move out of his original community and buy up a bigger house or what happens with him? Well, that's, that's interesting. Uh, funnily enough, it wasn't until much later in life that he invested in a, in, in a, in a bigger 
property. But he moved from the house in Harville to a, a, a terrace house on the Balamoney Road, which was not too salubrious. But what attracted the attention of the authorities was at the back of the house there was a laneway uh, capable of driving vehicles down it. And he built on land attached to this terrace house, he built a warehouse. And uh, once it was raided by the police, they found all sorts of uh, boys' toys, like uh, vintage cars, vintage motorcycles. The photograph of him that appeared in the Sunday World newspaper is wearing a, a biker's jacket, and he loved motorbikes, uh, particularly vintage bikes. And uh, he, he, he wore his, his normal dress wear was a, a biker's jacket. And, uh, but in this was an Aladdin's cave of, uh, of expensive gifts. And he had everything from a vintage Rolls Royce uh, to vintage motorbikes and paintings. He invested uh, heavily in paintings. The local painter, uh, his stuff goes for thousands, a man called Charlie Macaulay, paints the glens of Antrim. And, uh, and, and Simon, an old Simon Johnson uh, purchased his stuff. Now, I mean, anything upwards of £10,000 for a Macaulay painting. So a man of discerning taste. Certainly was. He married well. His wife, Kay, was a, a nurse in the hospital. And like during those times, was drug dealing in the north of Ireland, presumably most of the police attention was being focused on the troubles and sectarian murders and, you know, assassination attempts and all the rest of it. So was there kind of an element that drug dealers were able to carry on regardless there for a period of time where they you know, they weren't under the full force of the law. As you pointed out, Nicola, uh, Johnson was operating in, in Ballymena, 31 miles north of Belfast. There were no paramilitaries there. Uh, there were certainly a large loyalist community. But as I pointed out, uh, Johnson had no sectarianism and was quite happy to deal with them. And so he, he operated under the radar to a large extent because the, the, the police activities were primarily focused on Belfast and the sectarian uh, uh, camps operating there. Uh, Johnson had a free reign. He could operate uh, fr from all over County Antrim, Port Rush, Port Stewart, the resorts, uh, down through the glens and into the fringes of Belfast. And then the Belfast dealers wanted to deal with them. I mean, I came across evidence very early on that he dealt with a crime-stroke loyalist family in East Belfast and it supplied them and they owed him money. Uh, but he, through a friend, he found out where this man lived and uh, he went on his own and spoke to the man and, uh, and, and said, I want my money. And the guy gave him an assurance, but just to make sure... That, uh, that 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 the deal would go ahead as planned, and uh, Johnson slapped him on the face in front of his wife, which was an indication as I don't care that you're uh, leader of a loyalist paramilitary group. I want my money, and he was paid, so he he was capable of uh, for his quiet way of spoken. He was quietly spoken, but he was intimidating enough. I take it you've been a bit of a thorn in his side for some some time, some decades, but tell me about the incident in 
in Tenerife? Well, the, the incident in Tenerife, I had an eyewitness for that. And uh, what happened was he went on holiday with his wife and family to, uh, to, to, to Tenerife. And uh, they had uh, booked an apartment. And on the same flight and on the same apartment block was one Paul Daly who had gone with his wife and fa- family. Paul Daly was from originally from the Ardoin area of Belfast. Again, became a bouncer, uh, extremely well built, uh, a bodybuilder, and a big time drug dealer. So the the they meet uh, first of all on the flight, uh, nodding terms, and then they're in the same apartment block. So Johnson, being polite fella, one night invites Daly down for a drink. So they're sitting there, everything's very pleasant, and out the blue. Daly punches him on the chin. And my eyewitness said he literally saw uh, Johnson's eye spin in his head. And he thought to himself, my God, what is this about? But Johnson, a few seconds, composed himself and then returned the punch equally hard. And therein set a 20-minute fight between these two uh, individuals. And it was non-stop, uh, children screaming, uh, tables being turned over, heavy blows being struck, and eventually Johnson overpowers Daly, who slinks back to it, who, who calls a halt to it, admits defeat, and uh, slinks back to his apartment. And Johnson, late, later that evening, found a fat wallet packed with several thousand euro, which belonged to Daly and he decided to keep it as a fine for the rudeness of Daly. Daly was subsequently shot dead by the IRA in the centre of Belfast. Now, the reason we're talking about Johnson today, which is, I mean, just an extraordinary end to his 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 antics and his, his incredible rise in um, gangland criminality in the North. You tell me, just... Tell us what happened to him. Well, as the years went on, Johnson continued with his, uh, his, his drugs world and moved up. He was always interested in meeting people who could, uh, who could steer a boat from the Bay of Biscay back to Belfast. He was always interested in upping the ante big time. But um, what happened was... Uh, in recent years, like in the last five years, the assets recovery people had moved against them. And uh, he owned a house at Greenmount Terrace uh, in, Bal- in Balamina. Greenmount Terrace, this house, on, on the front, there's a plaque, a stone plaque that says 1776, the year of the American War of Independence. This was built. And he buys it, does an extensive renovation very tastefully built. He he, 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 he he brings back all the original features, including a renovation of the stables out the back. And he, he puts Charlie Macaulay paintings in it and the assets recovery moved against them. And uh, so, he, ha- so he, 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 he pleads poverty and he, he applies for a housing executive house and he's turned down because they don't believe that he, he is in need of housing. So he eventually ends up in a, in a, in social housing 
owned by a housing association right in the centre of Belfast, in, in Ballymena. And that is where he, he, he was living. Uh, and there were other drugs people and other unfortunates, alcoholics and things. And that's where he was last Friday. And last week, there was major activity in Ballymena and Belfast with the police. They made arrests, they, 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 they seized drugs, and they seized big money. And as part of that investigation, around 20 minutes to 7 on Friday evening, they hit a flat in this apartment block in the centre of Ballymena and High Street. Johnson's inside the flat. Now, his friends tell me that he believed it was a paramilitary hit on him because he owed money to some loyalists. Uh, Anyway, as the door is hit, uh, Johnson jumps out onto the window ledge and it's at least a 50-foot drop to the bottom and he attempts to make his way down a a pipe, uh, a a sewer pipe, uh, just next to the window ledge and very quickly lost his footing and fell to the bottom. And uh, it, it was... I met a, an eyewitness who was walking his dog in in the car park and heard the thud and ran round and he saw Johnson lying there. And uh, the, it was the police that were attempting to get into his flat. So they came down and there were, within minutes, there was ambulances, police everywhere as they fought desperately to save his life. But uh, my eyewitness uh, told me that he, he believed he was gone. Uh, now, I spoke to someone who visited his wake uh, in, in the house in, in Balamone Road, and uh, he said uh, that Johnson's hands were very badly damaged, so he clearly and desperately tried to save his life by, by getting a grip of the pipe, but couldn't make it. His weight was carrying him to the ground. So three decades nearly in the drug business. All the wealth he accumulated... All the wealth has been taken from him and he dies while trying to make his way down a drainpipe in a local authority flat to get away from the police. But there was more to come. If he had survived, Johnson would have been appearing in court in the biggest non-terrorist criminal trial to come to court in Northern Ireland. I have on my desk here, Nicola, 26 charges which... uh, which Johnson was due to face, with a retinue of, of, of co-defendants of 29 people. So there were going to be 30 people in the dock. It was going to be a COVID headache to, to try and go, get them all into court. Uh, I asked last night, the court service, could they tell me when this was due to come to court? And they said that in, in, they don't know in view of the, the, the prime... Uh, a, a defendant was Noel Simon Johnson. So if he had survived Friday night, we would have heard more, much more about him. And Hugh, in a way, you've come full circle with him. You were there reporting on from the rocks in Donegal where he washed up trying to bring his first or what we know of being his first drug shipment into the north of Ireland. You followed his career as he introduced heroin to Ballymena and, uh, you know, grew wealthy and then it was all taken from him and as he his last days and literally his last moments you also attended the scene and managed to to talk to people who were there with him there's not many people we write about that you could 
tell a story like that about? No, no, it's, it's a remarkable story. I don't believe for a minute, Nicola, that Noel Johnson, whilst he was living in social accommodation, I don't think it was out of necessity. It was out of, of pulling a bluff. I, I think he was still mm. a very wealthy man. But what was very interesting from my point of view is 12 hours after he died in horrendous circumstances, I'm standing at the spot where he died. He died on top of a sewer cover and there was no trace of Noel Simon Johnson or any other human experience there. So 12 hours later, Noel Simon Johnson is gone, but his legacy of heroin to Balamina lingers on. Hugh Jordan, thank you very much. You're welcome. You've been listening to Crime World, a podcast from sundayworld.com. Produced by Ian Mullaney and edited by me, Nicola Talent. If you like the podcast and love true crime, why not download the free sundayworld.com app for lots more stories from Ireland and across the globe. to be able to start conversations like a pro? Take The Sunday World, your daily dose of what's going on. Do not consume The Sunday World if you're involved in a drug cartel, you're a politician with something to hide, or you've appeared on a reality TV show and care about others' opinions. Consume The Sunday World responsibly. Always read the stories, gossip, and commentary.